You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Always Draft Season podcast, part of the Packernet Podcast Network. Jake Shavink here with Mason Thompson. As always with you guys, you know the spiel by now. We love first round receivers. We love Eric Acosta. We love drafting good players. And yes, last week, I think it's safe to say we love B. John Robinson too. But one thing we do love as well, Mason, is the Senior Bowl. And that is coming up this week. As of the time you're listening to this, it'll be a few days away. We're recording this way ahead of time, but Mason, how are you doing? How does it feel doing to be okay. close to Senior uh, Bowl week? Yeah, doing okay. Class has started this week. Kind of the most credits I've taken just because it's spring and I need to load up on credits so I don't load myself up on credits during football season. But getting ready to kind of dive more into the Senior Bowl roster, which is kind of um, taking a little bit of a dive during the last few days. Yeah, there's there's a few guys that have that have pulled out, and I think, especially for one that I think, or maybe even two actually that we'll get to that are probably solidified in where they're at, so they probably didn't need yeah. to be down there. It would have been nice to see them, but understandably, injury and, and whatnot could have could have played a factor into that in terms of uh, you know suffering one during the week. But before we get into the Senior Bowl preview, obviously, this. Uh, podcast on Fridays want to announce we're going to be doing two a week now uh, we have a Monday slot now with the Friday slot so it should be fun I think there's gonna be a lot more team oriented stuff there I would guess you know we'll probably see some mocks there we'll probably be talking about different teams as well as the Packers I'm sure the Packers will have the kind of their own little segment as well and then on the Friday show we're going to more focus on the prospects themselves rather than the fits and all that so but to start this one off after a long intro uh the draft philosophy question of the week, Mason, how much should upside matter? And when I say that, I mean, definitely in terms of evaluations, for sure. How do you bake that into grades? And then, of course, maybe even from the NFL perspective, how much does upside matter? I know that's a loaded question. Take one at a um, time if you'd like. I think obviously upside matters in the NFL. You're not taking a... I know there's like an old saying that's just kind of like you don't you draft for like the future. You take your free agency needs and do them cur- like right now. Um, obviously, a lot of teams don't do that just because they're sometimes in a position where they can't. I feel like, oh, I feel like upside is just kind of a big kind of pivot point for like to draft. Just looking at guys like Anthony Richardson this year, a few other guys uh, like Jaron Hall too. He's kind of got some upside. Obviously, he's going to be down in the Senior Bowl this week. Um, but we've seen in the past just these guys like Mahomes, Allen, even like Jalen Hurts, just the upside that these guys have. It clearly bumps them up draft boards. You don't you uh like we've seen it. These guys that have super high upside, uh, these teams take them instead of like the quote unquote safe floor kind of pro ready prospects instead, because you're shooting for their stars a lot of time in the draft, especially with a team like Kansas City and Buffalo at those times when they need desperately needed quarterbacks. So it's just kind of a I mean, yeah, upside is kind of a big thing in the draft. You're going to always get guys where you're like, oh, hey, he's not going to be good right away, but in like three years, 
like a Rashawn Gary type guy for the Packers. You obviously see where he's at now. So that's kind of the way I look at it. It's not like – I think it's, it's, it's a big piece of the puzzle for me. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is a lot of teams go by the philosophy of you're not drafting the player as they are. You're drafting what they yep. can be. And that's why a lot of, you see a lot of these juniors and early declares be first round picks. Um, yeah. No matter if there's a lot to iron out with their game, there's a few guys I think that, you know, at the senior bowl are kind of even the same way. But a lot of the times you see these juniors who, you know, are declaring early, they want to get in the NFL room, right? And you're taking these guys because A, you want them under with a five year, with that fifth year option, you get that extra year to kind of keep developing them. And again, when you're 21, 22, you're not as, you're not as, fully developed obviously as you are at 24 25 which is obviously a lot of the quarterback conversations that are going to continue throughout this process but it's also you know when you're looking what this class like in general you could talk about a corner like like witherspoon or corner you know trying to think another senior julius brents who those two guys will probably talk about but like you look at a guy like keely ringo where man he's big he's strong and he is fast and teams are like, you know what? We're going to figure out everything else later. Let's just draft the young, big, strong, fast guy. And a lot of teams will do that. Now that gets you into some, gets you into some, some sticky situations when you're not taking some four players. And I think, you know, you're, when you talk about the ceiling, there's a lot more when you're looking at, you may probably tackle or edge rusher you know corner receiver like those positions over others quarterback obviously belongs there too so you have those certain positions where those upside guys are going to go earlier um mason how much does it factor into when you evaluate because it's it's a tricky situation right and i'm not going to try and answer for you but like grading who they are now and who they can be that's that's difficult it's not an easy thing to put in put in the eval so a lot of the time I'll do it like my evals just based upon like where they're at now. I mean, obviously I think I'm pretty high on Anthony Richardson for what he is right now. Um, but I'll like make note of things like, Hey, this will happen in like three years. Like I'll put that at the end of my uh, scouting reports and just be like a third year kind of projection. So like, for example, and I know it's kind of shooting for the stars, but you're kind of what you're, what's you're doing here with Anthony Richardson type. And I put like, rookie year projection as like a developmental starting quarterback and for his third year projection i put literally all pro quarterback so that's just kind of the way i look at things is kind of just like the trajectory see where that can be and everything um i don't factor it in too much into like the numbers scale i've thought about doing like a impact grade versus uh, like developmental grade type thing potentially i think that's probably more for this next year considering i'm already a good portion through the class but yeah, you're always trying to get better. And uh, that's just kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, I think there's a few, a few ways you could do it. I think that's, that's a really good one. Impact versus developmental grade. And really quick, I just thought of this it's like upside. A lot of the times is physically it's all there. Yeah. Mentally it's not. Yep. That's mostly true. I think there's some times where you look at, you know, I'm not trying to pick on Ringo, but it's like the, one of the best. It's one of the best examples in this class of this type of player where, again, when, when you're going to stick him and let him turn and run, 
down the field fast. Like nobody's not many people are going to beat him down the field. No. Jamison Williams is maybe the one person I'm like, yep, he's probably going to beat him. But like when he can turn and run, you know, when he can get in cover three quarters, he's going to be in great shape. When he, he, he definitely hustles his butt off. You know, he ran down Harrison in the playoff game and forced the fumble. That would have been a, a huge deal for Georgia early in that game. But like, and he's big and physical and he's not going to let you get a clean release off the line. So like, there's so much there, but like transitionally, how is he? Not the best, right? So there's there's still physical things you have to iron out a little bit. I think with some of these guys who have that upside tab, I think Quentin Johnston's probably another one where, yeah. you know, again, speed, post-cut, all this great stuff that he is already. It's like, all right, developmentally, we got to figure out release. We got to figure out how you handle press because you're big and you should handle it. And, and can you be better at, in terms of a full rot tree? Like all that has to go in developmental for him. You know, all that kind of had to go in developmental for Burks last year. So there's so much you have to bake in. A range of outcomes is an interesting way to attack it, I think. But at the same time, that gives you a lot of leeway as an evaluator. You can be like, oh, he yeah. can be between this and this. And it's like, well, it's huge. And it's giving yourself a lot of room for error. So it's it's it, it's tough to completely put like, this is the perfect way to do it. But there's a lot of different ways you can attack it to make, you know, to kind of incorporate that into your evaluation. Okay. So with that, let's head now to a little senior bowl preview. Um, this is pretty much going to take up the rest of the show here. We're going to we're going to dive head first into this because there's a lot of guys I think we want to talk about kind of separated it into three separate type of questions where. Now we can kind of talk about who had their stock solidified because I think there's a few guys who probably think their stock is solidified because they're not going to be down there now um, in mobile. So quick, yeah, quick little updates on the roster. If you saw the roster reveal or, you know, you've been following the senior bowl on Twitter, there have been a few late ads. Uh, one of those Mason is Hendon hooker quarterback from Tennessee who obviously has tore his ACL against South Carolina, you know, wasn't able to finish the season. What do you make, Mason, of him going? And then on the flip side, Kentucky's Will Levis not going. I guess I kind of feel kind of confused about it. I know we were talking beforehand, and you had said that Rick Spielman kind of said that he was confused about it and a bit upset that Levis wasn't going. Um, how, how long ago was the ACL injury? It was, it? it was the, I think the second to last week of the season. I think South Carolina played Tennessee, then they played Clemson. So it yeah. should have been the week before Thanksgiving weekend. So mid, mid, slightly late November. So it's yeah. been, it's been two months for sure. Yeah. Not, probably I mean, not since surgery, but since the injury, it's no. been two months. I think it's kind of a bit perplexing at this point just because like you don't know if hooker's at all healthy he's just going down there to you know do interviews and some throws just stationary throws at this point um i don't know what's up with the levis thing um if i were him it's gotta be it's almost like a no-brainer uh because number one you're getting all this talk about being top 10 quarterback like top 10 overall pick in the class and you've got your chance to like literally shine against guys that won't even go day one, maybe not even day two. So for me, it's kind of a bit of a no-brainer for Levis if he would have gone to – he would have, you know, stolen the show at that point. 
from the quarterback's perspective. And it's, I just don't understand it. Like, uh, unless somebody else drops out, I don't understand why, number one, Reese Senior Bowl didn't do it with their current crop. Not saying it's awful because I actually like a lot of those guys down deeper in the draft. Yeah. But like for Levis, it makes no sense. Yeah. I don't, I, I think it's awesome that Hendon Hooker is going down. I, yes. That is really good of him to, to get in front of NFL guys immediately in this process. That doesn't have to wait for the combine. He gets to come down immediately. That's awesome. And I think he should do that. And I think that's a long way to helping him still go on day two of the draft. Because you can see when he's on with with what he could do as a passer, like he he has a when he is on. Because we talked about him a little last week. If you didn't listen to that episode, you should on the top four and quarterbacks and the deep dive. But we talked a little bit about some guys at the end. And Hendon Hooker was like, when he's on, he's streaky, but he's a really good deep ball passer. And everything's really rolling with him when it's when everything's clicking, right? So that was that was good. It, it honestly might even be good as well for him to just be in on the practice, be in on the installs. Because, again, the Tennessee offense was very air raid spacing, vertical, you yeah. know, oh, this is half the field. Just watch where the defenders are going, you know, and pick your spots. Oh, if Hyatt beat this guy, great, you got him. So getting it, more of what, what teams are going to look at playbook-wise, there's going to be a lot less of that unless you went to Arizona with Cliff, not an option anymore. Uh, yeah. So that's that's another good thing for him is he's going to be able to look at, okay, when I'm doing full field reads, when I'm under center, what am I doing? What are my keys? You know, what's read one and, and go through all of this stuff at the position. Now for Levis, I don't know. Like this is, he goes down there and it's like, you think about all these guys who went down there, right? In the past four or five years, Baker and Josh Allen were both down there, right? Okay. They were both down there to compete. Okay. And I know that the very cliche thing is, oh, wow, they're going down there to compete. You know, that really like old school guys love that. But it's true. Like Herbert Love and Hertz were all down there at the same time. All of them. Yeah. Kenny Pickett there last year. Yeah, Pickett there. Like Pickett was pretty much the it felt like the one in the NFL's eyes with the floor and everything. Like he still went there. Probably thinking, yeah, I'm probably gonna be the first one off the board, most likely. And I still went. Levis is in a hotly contested class, much more so than than Pickett was, probably in the line of where Love, Hurts, and Herbert were at. He had a chance to go down there and easily have the best arm, easily have the best arm of anybody down there. Let people see the velocity. Let let, let it spin it a little bit. Throw to some of these receivers, right? Like, he could have been a major part of this week and, and really got everybody talking about him after senior bowl week and nothing. And it sounds and, and interesting that what Rick Spielman said on, on the CBS sports podcast, cause he was like, well, he, you know what that told him is either it's like injury related. He, he, he can't th- go and, and he thought, Oh, this is injury. It's going to affect my throwing motion. I don't want to put like bad stuff out there during the week. Does that mean he's not throwing at the combine as well? And we may not see him till the pro day. Not a great start. No. That's all I'll say. Especially if he's hurt. If he's hurt, yeah. Not as bad as Hendon Hooker, who's going down there. Yeah. Very strange. Doesn't Very make strange. sense. Oh, a few others who quickly we want to get to, um, who are not making the trip down there. Uh, we'll start with three on the defensive line. Um, 
Siaki Ika from Baylor is not listed on either uh, team. That stinks. Uh, Zach Harrison, edge rusher, Ohio State, not listed on either team. And Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech, not listed on either team. Mason, any thoughts on on the, those three in general not being down there? I mean, for Wilson, I guess it makes sense just because he knows he's locked into what I believe to be the top half of the first round. I think obviously we've kind of, uh, at least I have, I'm pretty sure you've had the thought of, you know, Seattle's like a really good lightning spot. Right? Just the uber athletic guy. They got two picks. So yeah. for Ika, it's kind of seeming like he's going to be at that kind of verge end of round one, early round two range. I guess he kind of maybe thought that he couldn't perform like at the senior bowl, just because he thought there wasn't really much competition there or something on the defensive line, even though I think there kind of is. And like the offensive line in this uh, senior bowl group is probably like the highlight of the class at this point, in my opinion. Um, for Zach Harrison, I I don't understand that one either a little bit, just because like this edge class outside of like the first, I mean, Wilson, Anderson, Murphy, like past that, I think you can kind of make your way up the class right now, especially after your first opting out of the draft this year. So it's just kind of a weird year, I feel. Like, I feel like this is a down year for the Senior Bowl, and then I feel like a lot of these big names just dropping out, like, at the last second, it seems like it's kind of putting a damper onto some things, but I feel like they're still a good prop guys here, thankfully. Yeah. Ika's interesting. It feels like that means top 50 is pretty locked for him. Yep. I know that, like, Ika's game isn't always predicated on winning 1v1. Um, He's going to be the space eater. He's going to be, you know, a, a very Bud bud light Jordan Davis of sorts where, but he offered a little bit as a pass rusher. And I, that was exciting for me. And I thought, yeah. you know, yeah, let's get him down there, you know, against, you know, either, you know, some of the centers, John Michael Schmitz, Olu Oluwalatimi, like that would have been good matchups for him, you know, even go up against like Borges or Avila or some, wh- whatever team he was going to end up being on. Torrance, that would have been sick. That would have been a <laughs> sick matchup. Torrance and Eco would have been wild to watch uh, firsthand. But like, again, Okay, that's fine. Wilson, yeah. Um, I could see Arizona taking him at three. Yeah. <laughs> that would be something. Uh, no, but I think Seattle also makes sense. They love those senior bowl guys, you know, big-time athletes. I know Danny Kelly on the on the Ringer Draft Podcast said he is like LJ Collier, but good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, feels like a Seahawk guy. But, yeah, Harrison, I mean, he's going to definitely make his hay in the testing of the combine. Yeah if he's healthy, like he'll make his way there, but like showing that plus beating some guys down here, I think would have been beneficial to him for sure. Yeah. The other few that I didn't see on here. Um, first Owen Papo linebacker, Auburn. Interesting. Yeah. Some people say he's, there are a few that think he might be tops in the class at linebacker. That's interesting. Take. Um, yeah. We'll get there when we get there. I think when we rank linebackers, but he's not there. The big one that really hurts me since I'm going to be down there, uh, Devin Witherspoon is not going to be there. That's that hurts. Um, would have been cool to see the Illini well represented down there. They're still going to have a couple guys, uh, yeah. Sidney Brown and um, and Jartavius Martin. But seeing Witherspoon against these receivers, I mean, that tells yeah. me Witherspoon feels like top twenty five is a, is a lock. Maybe even top fifteen is a lock. Top like, fifteen at this point. Has he seen himself in those mocks to Detroit? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. 
he's been watching he's been watching stock exchange he's like yep i'm good yeah he, he must think he's i mean he's phenomenal player no doubt about it um last two jordan battle and jair brown so safeties from uh alabama and penn state not going any thoughts I'm a little bit disappointed that Brown isn't going safety from Penn State. I want to get a few more looks at him. Seen a few things that I like about him, but I guess battle just leaving, not going there, just kind of means more reps for Chris Smith, I guess. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's somebody we're definitely going to keep talking about. But is there anybody else as we kind of move into now with these guys that are not going to be there off of them a little bit and is there anybody else you think has like stock solidified down there where it's like good or bad week? You feel like we're locked in. We're not worried about it too much. Uh, he'll still be, you know, picked where we see him being picked at the moment. Um, I would probably say, I would probably say Torrance just because in interior alignment and everything, they don't get drafted super high and everything. Is he like slated round two currently, if I'm correct? Correct. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people either think he'll be a a giant or a bill. Yeah. Otherwise, he's going round two, which yeah. again, Pittsburgh's right there at thirty two to start. Yeah. The, to start the second round, so. I've, yeah, I feel like a guy like Torrance or like John Michael Schmitz just kind of has like their own stocks a little bit at this point, just because of the positions they play. It seems like kind of the big, I mean, Ika being gone just kind of like it's just a little bit kind of kind of like dropping out a little bit. Kind of concerns that D line group for those guys. Seems like they've kind of got their stocks a little bit at this point. Yeah, I yeah, you you know, I think Torrance is for sure one. Um yeah, there's not too much on film where I'm like, I need to see him in the one v ones where he's you know, guys are gonna be able to run eight yards, ten <clears throat> yards around him, right? Like that doesn't concern me too much. Yeah. I'd be more interested watching the two V two pass off drills with him. That's what I'm gonna be watching for him a little bit more. I don't think the one v ones has any concern. He's a guard, it's just you know. And I think the same is with Michael Schmitz. You know, I think the offense that's drafting him knows what he's going to do. Uh, they know what they want him to be, uh, get in space and be that second level assassin that that Linderbaum ha- has been. I don't think he's on that level per se, but that's kind of what teams are going to see. I don't know if there's another guy, which is, yeah, I mean, makes it it's, very interesting. Yeah. Uh I'm looking across the board. I can't let my Christmas bias go into that. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's solidified. I don't care what he does down there. Cause I think they're going to try him at corner, which I don't know if I like that very much. No. Um, yeah. So that presents us with, you know, who needs this week the most per se, like who, who like coming down here is like, they had to be invited, right? Like they had to, they had to come down here and show up to maybe revitalize their sock might be a good way to, to talk about it. I wouldn't necessarily say like revitalize, but like a guy like Derek Hall from Auburn could really push himself up a draft board, especially with uh, Zach Harrison kind of dropping out. It's kind of a, I don't want to say lag last year at class, but that's kind of what it seems like. You've got like Andre Carter there as well. So he could potentially push his ticket a little bit further. Um, outside of like those two, I want to just talk about like the tackles. Go just ahead. because I Let's... feel feel like there's kind of a big grouping after like the quote unquote big three. So like down in Mobile, we've got uh Juan Jones, who I was actually gonna watch tonight, did not have the time to do that. 
Uh, I kind of, everything I saw from Blake Friedland last year, everything, I really like him as of right now. Obviously, my last write-up, not obviously, but my last write-up was on Darnell Wright. I would like to see him more in the run game and actually be a true finisher. I thought that's not what I saw on film. I felt like he was kind of just kind of a last days goal in the run game a little bit. He kind of looked behind a lot when he was in the run game for what I thought was no reason. Then you've got uh, Tony Ma as well from North Dakota State. So I feel like that big grouping right there, even like a guy like Jalen Duncan, that's going to be like probably the talk of Mobile for like us and a lot of draft Twitter at this point. Yeah, I think those are good. The tackles is is a great way to start. I think Matthew Bergeron's also a yeah. name to watch. I think in that in Especially that grouping as Packers. well. Uh, yeah, Bergeron's Bergeron's a nice player. I like him a, a, a good deal. Um, he's put out some really nice, really nice film this year against again. There's some ACC schools that have a lot of a lot of studs up front. Um, had to play Notre Dame. Had to play Clemson. <clears throat> those are ones obviously that a lot of a lot of scouts are going to pay attention to. Uh, he could have a, a, a big week. I think guys who need it the most are like who can really help themselves a lot and, and kind of uh, who have who have been given really the opportunity. I <laughs> I think actually that Isaiah Foskey yeah could really use this. I yeah. think the fact that like again he's been in a lot of talks obviously. Early in this in this process, when we were way back in the summer, it was like, yes, okay. When you look at the class, Anderson, Murphy, Boski, bam, those are the top three. And he was a lot in there. Maybe if he wasn't three, he was four. And there was a lot of talk about like, okay, Notre Dame put him, had him off the ball, running around, blitzing from off the ball. Like this dude's a special athlete, and you know he's got a good go-to move where he can he can kind of chop and rip and and he was really good at that going to it when he needed to get home as a pass rusher production is pretty solid what else does he have in the tank i think he's also a really good run defender there's uh, everybody's been sharing this back-to-back clips one yard line against north carolina two great plays blowing them up both on the edge back-to-back tfl tfl or maybe maybe it wasn't a loss yeah. but but no net gain at all back-to-back that's awesome like sh- showing he can be a Good run defender with I think he he's he's a little more built maybe than he's given credit for, but like still a pretty wiry type of player as well. Go down there and just dominate this week. Show everybody what you got. Like you can really, really make some hay and, and really lock people into the fact that, like, yes, I am still a first round guy, top 32, top 40, whatever it is. I think that would be huge for him. I think another guy that that could really use this week more maybe just for national attention we don't talk enough about offensive line mason mm-hmm. touched on the tackles but like olu olu atimi i know he was on you know michigan won the joe moore award that's awesome like well deserved i still don't think people like know him that well yet and like once he gets down there and, and he's just running the show but with with uh, what not the national team. yeah the national offense like I think people are like man that is a guy at center and I feel like the center class like there isn't like a Linderbaum or a Humphrey that's like no. overwhelming right in this class but there are some guys that I think you know you peel back the onion a little bit and there's some there's some talent there and Oluwatimi is for sure one of them 
Um, any others on offense? I'm trying to peruse, trying to peruse defense. I think there's a lot of guys who I think can jump themselves. I'm trying to think of a guy who like worked their way back into the spotlight, but hmm, it's a lot of difficult, difficult things. I I do. I think Jalen Duncan needs this week. Actually, I think the 2022 stuff hasn't been great so far. Ohio State game, a lot of people are going to go back to that, watch Harrison beat him twice at the end of the game. I think a lot of people are really high on this guy coming into the season. He was in a lot of first-round mocks. Like, athleticism is untapped. Here we go. Like, put it all together. Just really wasn't put all together now. Come back with this week. Prove again. Can be reliable and consistent as a pass protector. The one-on-ones where, you know, you look at fair reps, I think, rather than every rep, because obviously, you know, D got D lineman can run wherever they want, basically. But again, just prove that you kind of, you know, belong and show the traits that, that a lot of people were excited about in the summer. Anyone else um, on the board for you? I want to talk. Uh, I just, everything I've seen from Xavier Hutchinson has yeah, been phenomenal. Please. Just like he's tall, he's like six three. Everything I've seen with his routes is kind of crisp, kind of cut very cleanly in and out of his breaks. Seen like slant routes that just completely take away a corner, completely out of the play, an out route that just leaves him wide open. So I feel like since unless Zay Flowers comes out of nowhere and comes into this game, which we both love, I feel like a guy like Xavier Xavier Hutchinson could really boost his stock this week. Yeah, I think he could he could definitely be one of the big winners. Um let's actually take a break really quick. Then we'll come back with some of the big winners, maybe some of our favorite prospects down here. Like I said, don't go away from from those headphones. We got a lot more players to talk about. We'll take a break here and be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, back here uh, with It's Always Draft Season. Really quick, obviously, we were talking a little bit of receivers before we went to the break. Yeah, Hutchinson, I think, is going to dominate just because, again, he, like Mason, you mentioned, is 
a really strong route runner. You see how explosive he can be with the release, you know, whether it's one step, two step, as, as Cooper Cuba called him quick and quick jab, like he's can get a lot of ground with, with, with just a couple steps. And I think that plays into, you know, how good his straight line speed is, how much he can maintain that speed on those 45 degree, you know, you know, breaks, you know, whether it be posts, client, whatever he's, whatever he's running there. But man, does he expand the, the target zone for you? Like they're just some, now he, he he makes some easy plays look very difficult, unfortunately. Um, but like, man, can he make the the spectacular catch? And yeah, I mean, if if there was anybody else to challenge him this week, uh, I want to say it's Rasheed Rice. But That's what I was gonna say. He's faced a lot of free release. There's he's he's gotten a lot of cushion most of his routes. So I want to see how he handles. You know, guys are gonna be up in your face. And it would have been really nice to see him against Witherspoon. Uh, but boy, Dontavian Wicks, the, the quick twitch, the acceleration, what he can do at 6'2", a little over 200, that might be the most exciting player uh, that, that there is down there in terms of, you know, athletic traits and just maybe a little bit untapped. Because again, I think a lot of people are expecting a big year, big year from him after having a big year last year. Turns out uh, Brendan Armstrong did not have a good year. Um, that offense sputtered big time, and everybody bared a little bit of that in terms of production. So I think Wicks is another one who I could see in the receiver group having a big week. But I know there's there's another name there that I think would be under the most intriguing label. I don't know if, if that's a guy you were looking at or not, Mason. But um, We're talking talk. about small school guy, right? Yes. Yeah. And not the South Alabama guy. Yep. Uh yeah, Princeton sending a receiver down. That's a big deal. That's pretty yeah. cool. Andre Yoshivas. This guy looks a little bit like Watson. <laughs> Size and speed. Uh he'll 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 get tested down there, no doubt, but like that speed's gonna gonna make the eyes pop, I think, yeah. first go when he gets out there. I feel I haven't like watched a lot of them. Uh, I'm intrigued just to see the receiver class as a whole. Um, from this group, there's a lot of Big Ten guys. Guy like Ronnie Bell, who's got a ton of experience, who's shown he can come up big in the big moments. He'll be a guy to keep an eye on. I know uh, Trey Palmer's got some nice skills to him as well. I know. Uh, isn't there a Houston receiver down there too? Yeah, Tank Dell, smaller guy with a ton of explosion. Good is returner. He not the oh, there he is. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, that's another one. He'll be on the same team with Hutchinson, with Yoshivas, with Rice, with Wicks. <laughs> Is there one room that's better? I think so. Yeah. Uh, the American team got the better receivers, in yep. my opinion. Um, but he kind of popped a little bit when I was uh, watching Clayton Tune. So I'm excited to see him down there. I think Dell will be what people thought – Jalen Darden would be oh boy um, for the Jalen Darden fans out there. Big talk for like half the draft. Twitter. Yes, it is. I, I agree. The, the the folks on draft Twitter who like Darden are going to like Dell. They're, that's they're cut from the same cloth. Um, we talked a lot about offensive line. Uh, you mentioned uh, Cody Mauk. We mentioned Torrance. Right. You know, we talked the centers, we talked the tackles. 
Maybe we should talk a little running back and tight end. We haven't really talked yeah. about that at all, to be honest. Um, yeah, we had questions about this. We're gonna we're gonna get to one at the end, but I think you know, little audible call here. We're gonna get to some positions instead. But Mason, the running backs, who jumps out at you? Uh, obviously, he didn't get like the recognition just because of who he was behind at Texas. But Roshan Johnson, I've heard from you. I've heard from plenty of people. Having on the chance to watch myself, I've seen some highlights. Obviously, you don't want to watch the highlights, but I really dive into the tape. But from what I've seen, he's I'm excited to get deeper into a, into the watch. Um, another guy would possibly be Eric Gray, obviously. And it seems like there's a lot of fans of Ty J Spears this yes. year from yes. Tulane. So I'm excited to see that group. I also um, will shortly be watching Chris Rodriguez this weekend as well. So yeah, I, I do remember you you asked me about Rodriguez yeah. and Roshan Johnson. I feel like Rodriguez is definitely the guy who like wants contact, so he's gonna run like at dudes. Yeah. That reminds you of anybody, listeners. Um <laughs> anyway, not to build too much discourse, but like I yeah, Eric Gray, I think might be others will take others will probably say Spears, but I think yeah. Gray is the potentially right now the most undervalued running back yeah. in the class. He is really slippery uh, once he gets second, third level. Good catching the football. Strong processor, whether it be at the line, whether it be, you know, manipulating second defenders using his second level defenders, using his uh, space to his advantage. Yeah, there's there's a lot to like about what gray brings to the table i remember back in 2021 being pretty excited he had a kind of a down year at oklahoma i think he got hurt as well decided to go back one more year i think it's going to pay off because i think if anybody can show because a lot of a lot of the problem is you don't get a lot of contact uh during the week so you know you're not gonna be like all right well you know gotta go show how good I am as a pass catcher, show that I can, you know, beat tight ends and, or not tight ends. Well, beat linebackers and safeties like tight ends will also be doing, but you know, show off the hands a little bit, show off some, you know, crisp routes. If you got them, like a lot of the, like the early down bell cows aren't going to have much fun until game. Yeah. until game time. But like guys like gray and guys like Kenny McIntosh are going to be able to show what they've got as receivers during the practices. And I think Macintosh, I think is the most exciting receiver yeah. down there. Uh, Georgia moved him around a lot. They didn't just, you know, the classic trope of like, yeah, we're going to throw this guy's screen, you know, get the lineman out in front of him. No, they're throwing, they're also throwing tunnel screens to him as well. They're letting him run routes. Like they're letting him, you know, get down the field as well. Like he believe led, led the running backs and catches and by a pretty wide margin this year, like, they clearly value what he can do in space. And as a receiver, I really liked what I saw in that regard as well. And I think he can offer you a little bit as a satellite back as well. You don't have to just split him out wide. Like this is, I think a player who's going to get recognition early in the week, you know, rather than later during the game, potentially. Um, I think tight ends. Did you, uh, do you see one that like, no Packers fans love talking tight ends right now. Obviously, viewers guys, of course, Michael Mayer, right now Washington, Kraft, they're all not here. Yeah. So which guy really sticks out to you? 
Well, it's Luke Musgrave for yeah. sure. Uh, I I think he's yeah. No, he is healthy because he played in the Oregon game. Yeah, uh, that's right. Um, yeah, but he didn't play a lot this year, uh, so we didn't get to see him a lot. So it was like, okay, we got to go back to 2021 to watch some of him. This is the Dulcich of this class. Like test wise, he's gonna leap, probably leap some guys. Maybe he shouldn't leap potentially. <laughs> um. Not not that Dulcich, I guess, not that Dulcich did that necessarily. Dulcich was in a bit of a, a weaker class in general. I think Musgrave is good. I think he's a really good receiving tight end. I think, like I said, the straight line speed, I think, is going to shock some people. So I think, you know, if, you know, you're, I mean, Green Bay is going to be in that conversation. There's no doubt about it with a guy like Musgrave. If you are the Chargers, if you are Jacksonville and you lose Ingram, yeah. this is probably somebody that your team's going to be looking at. I think by the end of senior bowl slash combine, like top 60 is probably going to be a thing. Yeah. I think, um, which I, mm, to yeah. me, like that might mean that like somebody like Tucker craft goes in like the eighties or nineties. Thanks. I'll take it. I think that's I'll take a little it. better. I'll take that instead. But like, I think Musgrave is going to be the one that people are most excited to watch down there. Um, Anyone else jump out at you initially? I think there are a few, but like maybe not on his level, but like, yeah, there's some dudes down here. I mean, uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about Josh Wiley from Cincinnati a little bit. Um, our good friend, Brennan also did a, uh, he does a big unpacking future Packers series. If you haven't checked it out, it's absolutely phenomenal. One of the first ones he's already done is Payne Durham, the tight end for Purdue. I can't remember too much about it, but I, if Brennan gives a guy high praise, it's usually, a pretty, pretty decent shot that he's actually pretty good. And a lot, the, pretty high. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're good. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think he had a pretty high percentage of his receptions turned into first downs. Yeah, that's what correctly. it said. I think I some, one of the tops in the class might have even been top three near near where Mayer was at. But yeah, if you go to the Packers wire, Brennan's got some great stuff there. And yeah, there'll be a lot of tight ends on the list that you want to be. <laughs> so I, Durham's a good one to point out. Everybody, there's been a lot of buzz about Braden Willis from Oklahoma too, who's not just a fullback, like a legit tight end. Like, I'm going to have to go find some Oklahoma offense tonight or in the next couple of days, just because like there's more buzz on a player. Like, this is one when they announced. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, it's pretty rare that uh, any of us in like the space that are there from August through May are like, who is this? I don't know if you had that as well mason but like uh, yeah i was the same way yeah i was like i don't know who this is um not that i claim to watch a ton of oklahoma games live really but yeah. you know they, they have guys like we mentioned gray you know anton harrison's getting a lot of buzz you know mims will have plenty of fans like i he's gonna be somebody i'm definitely checking out before before i get down there <laughs> to be like all right what does this guy got like what is what is he gonna show throughout the week we literally mentioned like every other tight end there, but the Alabama. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, I Latu's Latu's fine to me. Yeah. Um, I know he's got fans. To me, he's he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Be interesting because I think they initially listed Elijah Higgins from Stanford, who's like six three two forty four, as a wide receiver slash tight end. That will be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to have in store for him because these Stanford guys, like, I don't know if the, like Stanford's like recruiting people that look like their mascot or like, 
but that's legitimately what they do. They're like, all right, we and Clemson does it too, but like it, yeah, it fits better that Stanford's doing this. Uh, like Higgins, even Michael Wilson, I thought was a decent like route guy uh, in the slot. So like it'll be interesting to see if they move Higgins around a lot during the week or if they sit him in at one position. Um, another guy I want to point out wasn't Mo McDonald in like a first round mock like this last week? Yes. Wasn't it DJ's? I think it was DJ's. So that's if we want to talk about him a little bit more, yeah. I mean, yeah. Him and him and Andre Carter are in basically the same mold kind of as players at this point. I think Carter can get better to be three down guy. I yeah. don't know if McDonald's going to unless it's like three, four rush end. Like you're yeah. you are legitimately our rush end, like that's it. Um maybe kind of like what the lions have been doing with James Houston, their yeah. rookie. Cause like they, or no, they, yeah, they wait. Yeah. They take him. Yeah. Cause usually Hutchinson plays rush end, right? I think they moved him there yeah. mid season, but they also sometimes will have him go back to where they, they had him being the more strong side and they have Houston rush. But I think, I think McDonald's going to be that three, four outside guy. And like, but you mentioned it, Mason. DJ had him in the first round, which if DJ's got him in the first round, that's, yeah. that's something that, you know, you have to pay attention to. And I I do think, because he's talked about this too, like, Will McDonald's going down there like, yeah, I've got a plan. Yeah. I study you. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. And, like, that mentality is the best kind of insane there is. Like, I'm going to study my buff and I'm going to beat you every time I'm out there. He's just he like, wiry and like spin move you know be able to dip like there's he can he can beat you a lot of ways too he beats um, you a lot of ways i want to move back to defensive back if that's all right too yeah go ahead uh obviously yeah. we have, like we love christopher smith um unfortunately there's been some safeties that have dropped out jair brown but uh i know you're kind of a little bit higher on jamie robinson if i'm correct aren't you i i have seen him a couple times live yeah. Uh, full evil, not done. So I'm in the Florida game. He, he, like you, when you talk about safety, sometimes you're kind of like, what kind of tacklers are they? Right. Like I wouldn't yeah. count Chris, Chris Smith's kind of in the middle. I would say there are times yeah. where he really can put that stopping power on you, but there's other times he's kind of receiving and hanging on. Yep. Brandon Joseph is very much receiving and hanging on, yeah. um, but he's, he's a true center fielder. So it's fine. But like, there are some dudes that like literally every time they tackle you, you think, oh, this is this a linebacker? Yeah. Like, Jamie Robinson's one of those guys. JL Skinner is also one of those guys. Yeah. Um, Skinner maybe a little bit more because he kind of leads with his head um, <laughs> a few times. Uh, but yeah, Jamie Robinson's very interesting because there's some people who have done the full evil. They're like, yeah, we know he plays the box. Like, you know, he's an enforcer type, but like, dude can run. So back end roof potential for him. And I'm like, all right. That's that's like top five on the list of guys that who I don't have done before this week. Like get to it because yeah, who man? I saw a PFF mock where he's going to the second round too, like early second round. I mean, think about it. Like outside of yeah. Branch and maybe Antonio Johnson, like, but we haven't yeah. heard much about Johnson at all. Basically, yeah. like outside of Branch, I would say like upper grabs. It's open. It's, it's like completely it's, open. Yeah, it's open season. Stamp yourself in and like. You can you can rise a ton 
Yeah. Cause we're just wait. They're just waiting for a safety to come out. Cause I, I think, and Ben Solak did a piece on this too, at the ring, like they're more valuable now. Yeah. Cause if you yeah. can do like almost everything as a safety, like they need you. It's so, complete. Yeah. So like if Robinson could be like, yeah, I can cover, I can cover guys, man coverage, running back, you know, tight end. Like let's, I got this. And like, also, you know, maybe, you know, hit, hit, hit one or two times during the week, you know, probably save it for yeah. the weekend. But like, I, yeah, I'm excited. I know there, there's a Packer guy on Twitter who does a lot of stuff. He's, he, he's a big fan of this as well. So the DBs are interesting. You want to talk about, yeah. you want to talk about the corners too? Yeah. Um, I think the two like kind of key ones that I see right now. Um, complete side note: When did Sean Deion Hamilton become a coach? I that's a great question. Yeah, I don't I was... know. That was <laughs> impossibly fast. Also, I, that yeah. I, that uh, yeah, I'm very shocked. How old is he? He's not. No, let me look it up. He can't be because I remember like scouting him. He can't be thirty. There's no way. There's no no way. There's no shot. He's literally the Lions cornerback. 1995. Coach. Oh my gosh. Okay. So 27. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Anyways. Already a coach. That's that's pretty sick. I mean, look at Davis Webb. Those rumors today. Yep, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, but uh, a few guys I want to. We've already talked. We've talked sparingly a little bit about Brent's a little bit of this podcast yeah. already. Uh, I've seen a lot of hype around Tyreek Stevenson too, from Miami. Uh, obviously, yeah, he was got, a Georgia guy, right? Beforehand, I think so. Yes, right. Okay. And then, I've I've seen a lot of guys just big on Caillou Blue Kelly from Stanford as well. I know one of my buddies, Brady's super high on him, has like top forty grade on him and everything. So he's got some fans out there. I think um, just because of like Witherspoon being gone this week, it kind of opens the door for literally anybody. Yep. This, week, this next week. Yeah, I agree. I. Like Brents will be the guy that's like off the bus. You know that's Julius Brents. Yeah. Big, tall, long player. Like he's gonna he's really good um forcing guys outside to beat him and then squeezing him sideline. Like he did that to Johnston a few times in their in their two matchups. Like he's not gonna have any fear down there at all. Uh he sees these smaller dudes. Even guys who are six foot, six one, he's not concerned. <laughs> he will not be concerned at all down there. I think he could have a phenomenal week when they line him up and press. Uh Mackay Blackman was a late addition. And I think he's like I think he's like five eight, five nine, one eighty five. A little bit smaller, but like it'd be interesting to see if he can keep up with everybody Yeah, because that is, that's really the, the skinny on him is like stick him in the slot and he'll keep with everybody. Now does he, does he tackle like a, like you want your slots to nowadays? Not as much now, but I think he'll, he'll prove that he's got some quickness to his game. Actually, boy, there's (laughs) the, the, the national team does not have a lot of speed. I'm going to say that. No, um, Jaden Reed's probably going to be his biggest competition. Trey Palmer. Those will be interesting to see if they can, he can keep up with those guys. That Those will be good matchups for him. Um, yeah, I also mean, do want to make a note here that uh, Justin Ho, the Packers DB coach, is also down there coaching the national team defensive backs. As well, Green Bay also has some offensive Julius line Brents, help. Baby. Clearly, great thing. 
Uh, welcome to town, Matthew Bergeron. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Or, you know, you know, you trade back near the end of round one. Maybe you take Darnell Wright. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Packers don't feel like they're set at center. John Michael Schmitz, come on down. Yeah, that, there we go. Come on down. Wow. Come on down. That's that's a very that's a great way to incorporate the Packers into this podcast, yeah. Mason. I yeah. you guys listeners right. gotta give them points for that. A lot of points for that. That was good. Yeah, they get to they don't get unfortunately they don't get free freelander Dewan Jones. That stinks. Or or Cody Mock, because they're obviously we're yeah. being big fans of minors, right? Yeah. Getting the small schooler there. That stinks, but so close. So close. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina's probably still kicking themselves. Carolina and Miami. They're not oh, taking yeah. it. So Yeah, that's that's very true. Miami definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that draft was. They stink. I don't that draft. <laughs> Their offensive line emails are just so very good in Miami. Yeah. They're really good at that, at that uh that part of things. Um does anyone jump out at linebacker? I feel <sighs> like this is very meh. Yeah, like that's like, I, I feel like about. Ivan Pace is the yeah. guy who gets me the most excited to talk about because he plays old school. Like he is very. If you had to guess a team that he was on, Cincinnati would be like mm. one of your top three guesses. Like he plays like Sauce does. He plays like Cook does. He like all these guys. Like he fits, hundred percent fits how their defense was down there for a few years. So like he excites me. Dorian Williams, I will say, is another one that's exciting like he'll come down and you know he's not afraid to take on the lineman you know he can get better at getting off blocks but like you know he'll he's down he's down with collisions he's fine with that he'll he'll be fine with collisions but boy that guy can run and chase acceleration change the direction very very good was in, i i thought he might come out last year that would have been cool yeah. like those are the two i think for me i mean those are yeah there's a few like big name guys like Al, the Alabama linebacker, yeah. then overshot for Texas. I mean, they kind of probably should have came out last year, but obviously it didn't go their way this year. And it's kind of, I mean, it's a good year to kind of be a mid-linked tier linebacker in this class because it's not a very good class at linebacker. I mean, you got Drew Sanders and then Simpson. What else? Yeah, Simpson. Simpson. But then it's yeah. like Sewell didn't, yeah. didn't get up to expectations at all. Like Campbell's pretty good. Yeah player but like really after those i mean any there could be a linebacker three come out of nowhere it wouldn't shock me at all yeah um overshone's interesting because is he still in like the 220s weight wise can take a look at what they had him at he was a he converted he was a converted safety as well at texas so like i know like everybody was very excited about him last year then he decided to come back uh he's got to be sub 230 Look at the Texas sites. I see two six three two twenty four on Ryzen draft. Uh, he's six four two twenty on Texas site. Okay, six four two twenty six three two. Yeah, okay. I mean, matchup eraser guy. Yeah, that's that's kind of a player that you'd be looking at. Anthropology major. Interesting. <laughs> Can he keep up with? Is he playing with? Oh, dang it. Um. <laughs> Dang it. He's not on the team that has Musgrave. That's unfortunate. Payne Durham. Payne Durham, good matchup. Can yeah. he keep up with a Payne Durham? Can he keep up with with actually Josh Wiley is a, is kind of an age, you know, that 
Senior Bowl listed him in the fullbacks when they did the roster reveal, so that was interesting. But can he stay with a guy like Wiley? That'd be interesting too. Um, did we did we mention Keanu Benton at all? Like at no, all? I was gonna go. I was gonna go to edge again in okay. defensive tackle because we had yeah, yeah. Uh, Mason mentioned it. Keanu Benton probably the headliner defensive tackle now that Ika's gone. I think you can make the case for Byron Young as well. I don't know why yeah. he's getting so undervalued. I'm really not sure. Like, he's a pretty good player. Uh, but Benton, dude's got cinder block strength with his hands. Like, goodness. Uh, yeah, probably, you know, one tech, two eye. Like, that's not going to – I don't think he's going to shy away from playing there at all. No. Um, that's probably – honestly, it's probably where he's going to be best suited anyway. He's he's really exciting. Have you got him at all, Mason Benton? No, I've we've got a few guys from Wisconsin on our staff that talk very highly of him. So I think that's about as kind of a raving review as we'll get. Um, I'd like to get more on him. Uh, I've heard some stuff as low as high as like early round two for him. Um, so I mean, Wisconsin's kind of not known for like defensive tackles as much anymore, as much as offensive lineman, running back, and at this point, linebacker, yeah. kind of tweener, edge linebacker type things. Um, which we'll get to another one this year shortly, but yes. I feel like Ben's probably like it's there's guys that drop out, and thankfully because of Ika dropping out, guys like Ben and then Byron Young, just completely their stock might just soar up just because they're on the bigger stage. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Pickens is another one. South Carolina, pretty good pass rusher. He, he that's he's going to make his hay during the one on ones. Um, if he does make any. I listed Keon White on defensive line. So did, so did, um, so did the senior bowl. I guess he, he does kind of do both. They do yeah. rush him at like five tech. They also put him inside to beat guards with how quick he can be. Like actually the Georgia film's pretty good. I kept wondering who the dude was. Um, cause he was wearing like number six and he's beating guards on the inside. Yeah. Like, All right. Who is this guy? And it's like, okay. So he's not like probably going to be an interior player. That's where he was listed, but like, yeah, uh, he's got a lot of quickness and power for, mm. for some, but especially quickness for his size. Like, I think he's, shoot, he's got to be, where is he? Georgia Tech. I don't know where Rising Draft lists him. Oh, they might list him at defensive tackle. Maybe they do. Um, but anyway, while I'm looking for that, um, another guy on the defensive line. A lot of people have been talking about Yaya Diaby too at Edge from Louisville as being a potential winner. I know KJ Henry's got a lot of talk too, as like the other guy in Clemson's line. Some people really, really like him, like like round two like him. So Boy. when I think like, oh, an edge who gets drafted too early, I'm like, all right, Seattle is picking where? And then like exactly. yeah, where are they picking? And then Dylan Horton's got a lot of production. Yeah. Dylan Horton's got what did he? How many sacks did he have? Um, it was in the was it in the championship game, Big Twelve championship that he mm-hmm. had like four sacks. There was I don't know which game. I think was. it was like three or four, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a pretty big game that he had on a pretty big stage. Because like Horton's another one of those almost I think yeah. a tweener even ten sacks alone this year, completely double his previous two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, Keon White listed 6'4, 286. So basically a tweener. Like that's yeah. 
basically where he's going to be going to be listed. Um, Diaby's interesting at six three two sixty seven. That's like right in the Packers wheelhouse. Uh, Horton is six four two sixty one. So there'll be a lot of like Packers types at edge, Derek Hall included. That I think Packers fans should really get acquainted with down down in Mobile. Horton had six sacks between the Kansas State and Michigan games. Yeah, see, that's right. He had a couple of minutes. That's right. Wow. He had apparently four against Michigan. Phenomenal. Showed up when it showed up when it counted. Yeah. Well, until he played yeah. Georgia, which you know, playing yeah. against Broderick Jones and Amarius Mims and Van Pran, like that's that's not a fun assignment for anybody. No. Um. I feel like I feel like we've covered a lot of guys. So I feel like now is a good time to to kind of bring it around. How many players should we should we put on this on this list of who wins the week? How many players do you want to do? Three, five. Can do two each, so four. Four. Okay. Yeah. All right. Four each of players that we think will win the week. I'm going to put this out there now. Mason, if you want to think and you want to go first, I'll, I'll put this out there. I don't think we're going to end up picking guys like Osiris Torrance to win the week. Like He doesn't need to really win the week, honestly. I wouldn't be worried about his stock. Like we talked about at the beginning of the show, Like there are a few guys that really don't need to do a whole lot down here. Um, just show up, play pretty well. Adios. Um, so Torrance is definitely obviously one of those guys, but Mason, anyone you want to start with that wins the week? I'm going to go with Matthew Bergeron just because of the versatility. Um, obviously, he's got a tremendous coach there just because he's being coached by the Green Bay Packers offensive line coach. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about him. I haven't gotten to as much tape as I would have liked. But the versatility between guard and tackle is something you can't overestimate. Down in Mobile, they'll probably switch him pretty much at each spot at least once or twice throughout the week. So teams love versatility, having that quote-unquote sixth guy on the offensive line that you can pretty much put anywhere. So I feel like a guy like Matthew Bergeron is going to come out of Mobile, uh, kind of improving his stock potentially up into the midday too. All right, my turn then. Um, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I I got to go with Jamie Robinson. I just think like people are going to love they're people are going to gravitate to his mentality. I think during the week. And I think as long as he can show you like, yeah, I can, I can run with all these guys. Like, and, and he, if, if he really takes like a leadership role in that secondary, it's a very interesting group of guys for sure. Like with Brent's in there as well. And obviously Smith's on that team with Robinson. And so is Helms as well that we didn't kind of mention really. Yeah. Like, I feel like Robinson could kind of would be the guy along with Smith who are going to like take control of the secondary down there and be like, all right, like this is the mentality we're going to have all week. Like, I think if he if he does that and he can show that he can run with guys like he is everybody for the folk there, there's a small concentrated group of people who know about him and who are really excited about him that could really grow. For the second one, I'm probably just gonna go with Zeke Hutchinson just because of the one on one drills. You've seen guys like Kadarius Tony absolutely light him up. He got drafted obviously in the top twenty five, and then a guy like. I like to remember like Demetric Felton just playing a running back that was just played receiver just because of how dynamic he was as a route runner. Um, obviously, he didn't go as high as a lot of people thought he would, 
But a guy like Hutchinson, just with the size, the speed, the route running, uh, he could probably push himself. And especially with like the receivers here down in Mobile, obviously they're not the best that they could be. I mean, Zay Flowers not being there is kind of a kind of a shot in the dark a little bit for us here. But a guy like Xavier Hutchinson could really win this week just with the route running and the one on ones and proving that he can separate even with the size. Um. Yeah, I'm going. I yeah, I'm sticking to the same school. Um, let's just go to the other side of the ball and let's take Will McDonald as a big winner. I, I yeah. don't guys like him or, you know, like, like Jamie Robinson, there's going to be a mentality. I think he's going to show that just people are just really going to like, and I think he's got all the moves to be able to show that he can just rush and win one-on-one. And again, like we said, he's, he's undersized edge rusher. There's no doubt about it, but like, there'll be a package for him. There'll be spots where they need him to come in and win. Um, you know, the Bengals kind of do it with Joseph Osai a little bit. You know, he's a little bit bigger, obviously, than Hutchinson, but they the Bengals bring him in when they need to get pressure. And for McDonald, that's when he's going to be utilized. But again, he's going to have a chance to just go one-on-one, beat guys all week. He's got, you know, a few of the studs that, that we like to talk about, like Bergeron Wright, you know, Wanya Morris. Like, he'll be able to show, like, okay, I can beat the top guys that, that, are, in, that are on this team. I just thought of him. And the Eagles in the late first round. Oh shoot! <laughs> shoot, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or I would or say Nolan the Bears. Smith. or Nolan Smith. I would but say those the Bears, are both Eagles you know. guys. Oh yeah, Bears. Yeah, but you know, Only they were picking thirty-second pick away for stinks, Chase Claypool. That stinks, doesn't it? Oof. Gotta get a shot in the dark at the Bears at least. Ooh, yeah, there you go. Got to at least once in a while. He's, Mason's earning a lot of points this week. Yeah. That we definitely keep track of. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, third guy. Got a third one. Third guy? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were doing... I didn't think we were doing just four total. I thought we were doing like two each. Oh, I thought we were doing four each. Oh, boy, that's a lot. Shoot. Um. Well, I got other two. Um, okay. It's fine. I'll do it. Um. Yeah, I think... Uh, I, I got a sneaking suspicion about how fluid and explosive Andre Carter is that like, he's the other guy like McDonald who like just rushing and they did list him at linebacker and Mason, you brought this up as well. Him dropping into coverage is actually like pretty good. Like yeah. he can turn and run. He can flip the hips like athletic athleticism wise. Like there's so much there to work with and he's big too. It's not like he's large, you know, you look at, you know, um, where is he? You look at McDonald. I'm trying to. Where's his number? He's listed on on Rising Draft at six four two twenty six. I can't imagine he's under two thirty. If he is, wow. No. Um, but Andre Carter is listed six six two fifty five. He's tall <laughs> and he's windy yep. and explosive. Like again, we talked about this, <clears throat> right? Carter is. I mean, he's he's a senior in his fourth year, but that's still pretty young. Big, fast explosive yeah just i i picked two edge rushers but i think if i had to pick a third edge rusher it'd be isaiah mcguire from missouri who we didn't talk yeah. about that's a name you should be watching as well if i had to pick the last one that that came to mind for me i i really wanted to pick a receiver mason took hutchinson the first overall pick it was easily uh if, if you were to draft these guys I'm gonna say I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go to my guy Dontavian Wicks. I'm gonna say Ronnie Bell. Yeah, I think Ronnie Bell 
like Mason mentioned, as experienced as he is, and I think as 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 fluid and and really as as developed as a route runner as he is, I think he'll have the plan of attack. He'll be able to break out everything, show you that like, yeah, I know I'm a bit older. But like there was a reason you've been talking about me for I don't know, was it three years now? Like at receiver, I think he could really jump off. At you know, he's five eleven one ninety. Still, he's packs enough size in there. I think he could have a good week. And and a lot of the Michigan guys often have good weeks down there. So wouldn't shock me at all. No talk about quarterbacks in your, in your breakouts. I don't know who's going to do much there. Like I said, I think Jaron Hall and, and yeah. Hayner are going to probably Hainer's be the guys be. that a lot you're yeah. going to be gravitating to a lot during the week. Um, Duggan has a chance to, but yeah. I, I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it'll be cool to have like Hennon Hooker down there for sure. That'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. See him interacting with everybody. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of wins. Defensive line, offensive line. We'll see a lot of winners come from that. And, and there'll be a few positions sprinkled in in the skill positions. Like I said, the running backs, it's hard to pick winners because like, again, they don't do enough that, that yeah. matters during the week. Like, <laughs> hey, the whole field's to your disposal against this one defensive back. Just, you know, find a way to like, they just don't get enough opportunity until the game to show you. So yeah, hopefully it's chase Brown in the game though. <laughs> ILL. Um, but yeah, this was the senior bowl preview show. Uh, hopefully you got a lot out of this one. Um, like I said, we are going to be twice a week now for draft season. So we'll be there on Mondays as well as Fridays. So get excited because, because draft season's here and we got, you know, a full, I would say four months to kind of get rolling this year instead of last year, which is very exciting. Yep. So Mason, what should they look out for? Where should they follow you? As always, let's let's get to that too. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Thompson Twenty Two Mason. If you want any of my scouting reports, just DM me on Twitter. Uh, I'm also going to be popping in on the Discord and on the Facebook group a lot. So anyway, you can hit me up just to see if you have any reports in mind. Just go for it. Yeah, you can follow me obviously on Twitter at Jake NFL Draft NFL Mocks. Hopefully a little rise in draft as well. YouTube. I'm doing a lot of things. There's a lot of hats, you know, uh, this time, this time of year, but it's a lot of fun. So I hope you guys uh, stick with us uh, throughout the journey. Cause it's going to be another fun one as it always is. Uh, we will catch you guys on Monday, not next Friday. That'll be exciting. Um, just as really senior bowl week starting to get underway. So that'll be a lot of fun. We will catch you guys next week. And from both of us, it's always draft season. 